Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is Bailey on the Bays. Hi, I'm Valerie. And Matt, the Bailey on the Bays, is on the Bays right now, across the room from me. We're at the club. And I'm sitting in one corner and the other side. Matt is, well, at the moment, standing watching former Canadian champion Floyd Ziegler um, beat him. <laughs> it's been a long day at the qualifiers. Uh, Matt's won two matches, 4-3 uh, and 4-2. And now he's playing Floyd. And Floyd is leading 3-1. to one. Matt thinks that he shouldn't have gotten that one frame. I just walked in here after uh, Floyd won the first frame, and then I just came back, and so Matt, Matt's gotten one off of him. It's certainly possible. It just, it's just not happening right at the moment, but it's fairly early in this frame. It's a best of seven, by the way. So for this show, episode eight, um, uh, we're, we're catching up at least to the UK champs, championships. The UK champs, as Matt says. Um, so you know Judd won that. Judd Trump, Matt sold me from my kingdom. <coughs> so there'll be a bit about uh, us watching that. Uh, actually, at the last qualifier he played in, now that I remember, yeah. We watched that on the uh, some of that on the computer and some of it at home. Like it's a blur, but it'll all become clear very soon. Also, the UK Championships was a time to uh, sort of uh, consider things, as uh, the season has gone so far in uh, the World Snooker Professional Snooker ranks in the UK. Now, why did Floyd just push that with one hand? He would have explained that, I suppose. And, um... It just made sense. He'll explain that later. <laughs> now he probably won't, now that I've said that. Anyway. Um, so I think it was after the UK's or around the finals, um, on BBC, Stephen Hendry, legendary, multi-multi-multi-multi-world champion, Stephen Hendry, um, helped present a, a piece on uh, the BBC's coverage of uh, the UK's about uh, kind of the state of the uh, world speaker season so far, and uh, weirdly it's not been boring because uh, Barry Hearn, world snooker czar, um, put the boys through a lot of changes and some of them have liked it and some of them have not, and some of them have said that they've not, one of them being Mark Allen. Uh, fellow finalist with Judd in the UK's. And uh, so after we saw that piece, which I'll have a link to on the uh, blog if you haven't uh, seen it yet, it's well worth checking out. Um, Matt and I have a, a bit of a chat about the state of things as they are and uh, the things that uh, Barry has changed and the good and the bad of it. So that would pretty much, I think, be episode eight. Notice I keep saying episode 8 because I actually know what episode this is because <laughs> I did a, I edited episode 7 like last week. Whatever. 
So Matt just sank a black. I have no idea what the score is because I haven't figured out how to do that yet without television helping me. <clears throat> but I think Matt has a little bit to do before catching up in this frame. So, UK Championships, and uh, we'll see how uh, Matt ends up with Floyd later. Bailey on the bays. Enjoy. There we go. Hey kids, we're uh, shooters for the first time since the Canadians. Well, second, because this was the second day of the qualifier, another qualifier, which Matt got to the final. Say hello. Hello. And, uh, Steve. <laughs> and we're watching on Live World Snooker TV, uh, Judd, Trump, and Mark Allen in the final of the UK Championship. Nine five He's Judd as we join us. Stunning to the middle red of the three of the bottom there. Like yes. That. Be as descriptive as possible as you're doing. Alright, well it's gone wrong, but I think it's oh, okay. Judd wants to close this out. He's uh, nine five ahead. He's a bit unlucky there. He was leading eight three at the the second session break and uh, Oh Ooh, yikes. Bounced off the jaw of the side pocket, that red. The audience are trying to cheer Mark Allen on because I they, guess they, they, wanna, they, they, they want the, uh, an extra session because they yeah. paid money. <laughs> oh, Judd Clive. And his naughty brand of snooker. Yes, he's come up with the word naughty for some reason. But there you are. What would you consider to be naughty snooker? What do you think he means by that? Like, I, I'm not entirely sure he knows. What no. <laughs> to come up with well, something. The, the shot he just played was a. Yeah. Look at this shot. That's naughty. I think basically what he means by naughty is like. Shots you should never play. Getting into a run and just nailing everything and nailing it hard, basically. Yeah. All those shots that your opponent would. Be still sat in his chair after you've made a shot and be pissed off that you even thought about playing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's because in the beginning of this, while I was watching the tweets as you were playing, um, people were questioning his shot selection. That's really the naughty part. Even players. Is the shot selection. He'll pick things to take on that mm. are like, what? Why? Even especially the players, the ones that he's beaten, they're like. Yeah, we were reading about that earlier. Yeah, players that, that he's just beaten are actually offended by the way he's playing against. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of it's with the jury at the moment as to whether. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it's legitimate the way he's playing, whether it's fair. But, uh, I don't know about fair. Why, why would it be unfair? Well, you know, whether he should be allowed to play these shots against the, the ethic of the game, you know. But personally, I think it's fine. It's a new way of playing snooker, and uh, let's face it, he enjoys it. The crowd absolutely love it. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's it's not against any rules. No. The minute they start to ban people playing the game how they want to play yeah, it, then silly. you might as well stop having a snooker on, on TV anyway. Meantime, Mark Allen, who has been under some fire for letting out an unholy rant about uh, how Barry Hearn's running things, specifically in terms of the format of this tournament. Um, he's backed it up by playing really well lately. That's how we got here. And uh, in this, he's been running hot and cold. When he's been hot, he's been really hot. He's had a 141. He had a a total a total clearance 139. So he's not dead. But no, it's he's not bad by, he's but not it's there by any stretch yet. In fact, if he wins this game, he's 9 6 yeah. uh, for his defense. So he's. But it's quite well known he's somewhat mercurial. Um, in fact, what's been most impressive is that he stayed as steady as he has been because he finally broke through to a final, having lost, I think they said, Six the last, seven, the last seven, seven. You include PTCs, seven. So. The fact that he even got here shows that he's improved somewhat in his temperament. Mm. Alright, we've finally gotten here. Judd's at 70 at 9-8. Already the family's kind of congratulating getting out of the chairs. Well, not already. He's got it. It's a matter of finishing. <clears throat> We're now seeing a very different judge to two years ago. And there's ago. Mark Allen wrapping up his tie. <laughs> just now, just mopping up the, uh, yep. the formalities, really. I think he's trying to give the audience something to cheer on. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. Ready for, uh, this is going to be some fireworks. Here we go. We're at 91. Actually, probably no fireworks because Judd's kind of run out of position here. We'll see. Nope, that was an attempt at fireworks and he missed the yellow. That's it! He's won the UK Championship. Yep. And last it well. Yep. Aww. Cutler Bristol guys just jumped in. That's Steve, that's, that's yeah, just that's, Dad. Yeah. Congratulating Mark, Mark Allen. Aww. Uh, there's a bunch of Bristol Sunny guys things. here. I recognise probably half of them, but I don't know who they are. Exactly. <laughs> and finally, we get to hear Hazel, and if we don't, we're going to be really mad. I'm obviously disappointed to lose. You know, you come here to try and win the event, but 
Sometimes you just have to say that your opponent was a better player, and Judd definitely was today. Mark, first final of many, we hope. hope. Your runner-up, Mark Allen. Thank you very much, Mark. Good job, Mark. Yeah, gracious. Yeah, very good. Ladies and gentlemen. Who's a naughty boy then? Nah. Playing his own band of naughty snooker, your champion, Judd Trump. Brilliant. Um, uh, like after I lost in the World Championship, I was just hoping to, to come to the other BBC events and play well. But to win it uh, the way I did is, is, is a brilliant achievement. And, and Mark pushing me the whole way. And um, good job. I had a, a big lead in that last session because it, I think if it carried on, he'd have ended up winning about Thanks, ten. Yeah. You won seven frames on the spin during this match, but can you describe what it was like when he was coming at you? What was it like looking in the rearview mirror at that point? Um, to be honest, it's, it's probably the best anyone's ever played against me, and I just I just sat down and I was just hoping he was going to miss, but I don't think he ever he didn't miss. Sure, it was. So like, I had to, to force um, a mistake in the last, and lucky I took my chance. Um, but it's been a brilliant week. The crowd's been brilliant. Um, it's brilliant to have my family here, and, and hopefully there's more to come. It's been a sensational year for you, Judd, obviously. Your first title in China, that run to the World Championship final, and now this. Can you tell everybody what a spark this this year? Can you put your finger on it? Um, not, not really. It's just it's just confidence, really. Um, uh, the first five or six years on, on the tour, it's hard to get through. And with more tournaments now, um, I'm getting more table time, more match practice, more TV coverage, and I just feel more and more confident every time I play on TV. And, and the form is starting to pay off. Well, I'm sure you're delighted that your family was here to witness this tonight, John, obviously. And it's your first major title. Obviously, China is a world-ranking title too, but this is one of the big ones that you've won tonight, and I'm sure it's the first of very many. Your new champion is a Judd Trump. Anyway, that is it. From, uh, well, there you go. Gentlemen's first major. Major, major. Major, major. Start of a very, very prosperous career. I think he's already proven that he's not going to go down the slippery slope of uh, many. Of, uh, it seems. He would have done it by now. Or at least he'd have shown signs. He's taken a step or two down it, but he's come back up. Yeah, but he's not he's not showing signs of drugs or alcohol or gambling or any of the, the big three, shall I say. That's quite a trophy. Do join us again next Saturday. He doesn't seem in all that, is he? It's just like Absolutely not at all. Just hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, I'm UK champion. Alright. I mean, Judd would probably, probably um, embrace the time off anyway. He's one of the players who won't yeah. be looking for extra tournaments. So yeah, there are guy, guys who will 
Yeah, but then there are other guys who like, you know, Wanna they have the option to make more money in invitationals and stuff if they want. Yeah. But the fact that they have the option and it doesn't threaten the rest of their career. Yeah. But the older players, they're never going to, they're never, they're going to burn out. Yeah. Without you're going to see, you're going to see more retirements. The middle, especially the middle guys, the guys who are in the middle right now, mm. the um, top 32s. It's going to become even more of a younger man's sport than it was before. Yes. Typically people Which like actually, I wonder if Barry doesn't mind that. I, th I, I wonder if, I wonder if he's trying to kind of, I don't want to say kill off, but uh, perform a bit of... Uh, Culling? Perform a bit of evolution, shall we say. And uh, people that start falling by the wayside are people he doesn't think are marketable anyway. Mm. Although I still question his marketing tactics uh, based on this year. Um, which again is my gripe, is that it hasn't been marketed enough. It's still terribly, terribly insular. I mean, the one of the best things that's happened, uh, honestly, to me, but it didn't just start this year, was the Premier League. I mean, mm. I can compare that to stuff, but it's like, you know, every week, and you kind of rotate players, and they're all the top players, and it takes the same amount of time, basically, as a football game, <coughs> basically. Yeah or extends uh, a fan to their longest spate of, uh, of uh, uh, patience, which is the length of an American baseball game, which is three hours. And um, you've got stuff. So that kind of represents a bit in the middle. I mean, it's a little flashy, and it's prime time, but you know, there's no chicks and lasers and shit. But, um, Basically, you know, Ronnie's gripe is kind of... You can't do well in the wild show. <clears throat> ...is kind of your gripe for the last two uh, qualifying tournaments here. <laughs> it hasn't been getting any money, you only get points. So you, you, yeah. so you felt you have to be in it to get the points, even though you're not getting paid and you've lost money even bothering to go. Even though you just finished second in this last one and, and the quarters in the previous one. And the semis in the previous one. The semis in the previous one. Thank no, you for quarters and then semis before that. Yes. But no, but I mean it was the, it, the one where you made it to the quarters three tournaments ago. No, semis three tournaments ago, then quarters Sorry. and then final. What I'm saying is it's only, it's only two of them that have been no money so far. Yeah. The one before that was. Yeah. Okay. Even though it was like... 50 bucks. Yeah. So yeah, actually, you guys have kind of the same gripe. It's like, I can see, I can see that. Yeah. Not making money going into these things, but I have to do it for points. You can see how he feels beholden, despite the dramatic language. But then he finds himself in the uh, in the position of a of a middling guy, even though he's the best known sneaker player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Because. That's that's he fucked around last year, not giving a shit. We didn't turn up for so many tournaments, and now he's paying the price. Yes. And that's why he's playing most of the tournaments this year. But he's in a good position as far as speaking for the Porsche Mucks in the top 32, mm. because, you know, 
he's still Ronnie O'Sullivan, which means people listen to what he says. And he's sort of saying things in a slightly better way than certain but, other people. But he can express the gripes of the also rans who no one would speak, no one would listen to. No, they'd say, "Who's that person, Moni?" Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> So about this uh, five or six ranking events in Asia thing. Well, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> I don't know what the players are thinking. How much is that going to cost? That's, I mean, that's minimum. Bearing in mind most of the players are <coughs> from the UK. It's going to cost minimum of £2,000 per event travel. Minimum. Obviously you can see the rationale in that this case they actually stand to make money, oh. unlike these ridiculous PTC things yeah. in Sheffield. They, they, they can actually make money because... <laughs> I'm starting to understand your rationale here. They can go and make the most amount of money for the l smallest amount of effort. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have. They don't have to... Win seven rounds <coughs> to win... 20 grand, they can win. I'm talking about World Snooker making money because... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Sponsors are there. The sponsors are there. It, it's like the Belgian one. They do the work. Yeah. The Belgian sponsors, the, Bel the Belgian snooker community, you know, they did the work and World Snooker sat back and took the spoils. It even seemed that the referees out there already for them. So it was another bunch of people that didn't have to pay for a week. And so and that's Belgium. Can you imagine now China, where the interest is like 20-fold, mm. and they've got sponsors jumping instead of True. them having to make cold calls hat in hand going, excuse me, would you mind? Oh, yeah, they've got no... These guys are jumping on them. There are people who actually want to go to these fucking things without them having to market it. The sponsors are doing the marketing. The Chinese snooker community is doing the marketing. World Snooker doesn't have to do any marketing or promotion. So they just sit back while all of these people come and like pay money and they make money along with them. Everybody makes money without World Snooker having to do any more thinking than they usually do. Of course, the Asian players are probably loving it because they've probably got contacts in all the right places. So they're paying uh, stupid amounts of money for hotels. Because a lot of, look on the waistcoats, a lot of their sponsors are definitely... Well, certainly um, their star, I mean, they... Yeah, their sponsors are covering their affairs, right? Well, there is a question, though, is that the UK players who are sponsored by star, who have star on their waistcoats... Yeah. Like Judd. Top players won't be paying for their flights or hotels. Judd, Judd would So again... The top players are not really spending money. I, I can't believe Ronnie is either when he says he's only making two grand out of PTC if he wins it. I don't think he pays for hotels or travel um, wherever he goes. I don't know. No, he's sponsored. Well, yeah, I like the money shop, but hmm. we don't know his deal with the money shop, so... I mean... Well, I mean, Alex... And even back going back to Alex and Steve Davis back when they started off, they never paid a dime out of their pockets. That's a question. Always covered by whoever was sponsoring. It's a question. What it, well, that's because then in the UK there were sponsors who wanted to do that. 
But now, well, anyway, the point I want to make was, so the guys who are hun hard done by again are in this middle, middle, situation middle guys, are your top 3264 guys. Yeah, who's... They get sponsors. They got sponsors, but all they do probably is pay for their and entry it fees. They don't have an Asian sponsor. No, they don't have Star Tables bringing them along. So the only Asian sponsors that the ones that will have Asian sponsors are the, probably the guys up in Sheffield. The Li Yans and mm. Tian Pan Fei's of the world mm. probably do. They can. They all got they'll be able to get in. They've all got different contacts. Uh, contracts with Star. They all be individualized. Same. Yeah. You know, if your ranking at this time is between this and this, then we'll be yeah, that's paying probably. for it. It's probably very because different. because the Chinese snooker community is out to promote everybody like mm. crazy. Mm. Anybody who's from China who shows even minimal talent at snooker, mm. they're going to be pushing them because it's like you know mm. our people raw, and so yeah, those 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 Chinese guys in the middle are being served, that will be served well to this. Plus the, the, the sponsor people, they're businessmen, right? So they'll be, they'll be asking for a good percentage of any winnings for the first term of the contract. So they might be asking for 40%. Yeah, we will pay for your flights and your hotels for the first year. Of they're the asking for a cut from the players? Oh, absolutely. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. It's not just going to be China, I suspect. Oh, you'd be talking about Barry would Thai like it to all be China, but Thailand. He, um, he would have he would have said China if he met China. He's probably thinking Thailand, India. Oh, he's talking about Indonesia. Yeah. And who knows what else by five years time? Mm. It could be a number of things. Yeah. He'd say he'd like Brazil to be in there. Actually, I know it's not Asian, but um, he'd like Brazil to be part of it. Yeah, but again, the, that was a mistake in that they couldn't sit back and let the uh, the local snooker community take over for promotion. Well, that was one of the mistakes that you touched on but didn't say, I think. It was too early for, to let Brazil have their own tournament. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, you notice he'll say, oh, you've made some mistakes, it hasn't been perfect, but he hasn't said specifically what those mistakes are. No, that's because they probably haven't had that board meeting yet. He doesn't, mm -hmm. want, to be, he doesn't want to be publicizing what they are until they've had a chat about it. You don't think they had a board meeting after Brazil? Oh, they certainly did. <laughs> but, um, but it's probably not anything they can discuss in... Mm. They're pretty... Everything's pretty under the hat, those guys. They so Barry said this thing about players... Um, about players' meetings. Yeah. The, the board having players' meetings. First off... They're not regular. Yeah. What, what, what's your experience with that? Um, all the players are invited to attend certainly an AGM. Yes. An annual. Which is when? Uh, beginning of season, remember. end of season? I can't remember. It's, I think it's usually the uh, beginning of season. Right. Or it might be It might be coinciding with the financial year. Right. But I believe it's, just, it's after... I believe it's after the World Championship. Okay. Or in between seasons, certainly. But every player gets a letter formally um, inviting them to the players' meeting. Almost every player turns it down. That was oh. one of my jobs, actually, collating all that shit and passing it on to the legal office. Because all the letters would come in. Most players would respond, but most, again, a lot of players didn't even respond to it. It's just like, oh, goose meetings can 
pile of shit. What's the point? Little did Nothing they changes anyway. Fair enough. Little did they know. And yeah. so Barry saw the opportunity to... Yeah. Carte blanche. Well, in other words, yeah, nothing will change if you don't. But maybe they've changed that from... What's the other ones you get? An AGM and you bought... Oh, the other one's a EGM, isn't it? An extra, extraordinary general meeting. Oh. But they've... It's, in yeah. my In my experience there they never had anything more than annual they're certainly not well it's regular it's regularly annual <laughs> so everyone meets in a big hall I guess or everyone who turns up and but either I never went to it players didn't attend or they didn't get some sort of report that most surely should have come from the AGM to say alright guys this is really what the changes are boom 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 oh, that would have gone out yeah would have gone out. Yeah, I, I would have had. I sort of remember getting that myself, and certainly as an eighteen-year-old, it wasn't of interest to me. I just wanted to play. However, at as a player, and at the time you worked at World Snooker, you've never seen an amount of changes, a, a number of changes between one season and the next, that has rivaled what you what we've had now. Oh God, no! This this is unprecedented. Yeah, see. I saw some changes, major changes, because um, the the year I played, the game went open to everyone. Yeah. Which was very different. Um, and then there was changes during the two main seasons that I played, and then there was a lot of changes going on. But I. But from one like to most another. Most of the players, um, I just wanted to play, and. Uh, because you didn't, you you could not possibly have guessed that any of those changes would have any bearing on your your actual life. I mean, they would really have no substantial bearing on how you live your life. Well, they wouldn't in this case, really make did. any difference. What, the same as it is now, these, these changes don't make really make any difference to anybody that, anybody outside the top 64, 64. it doesn't really make any difference to them. Those people breaking into the top 64, it will make a difference to you. Mm. Yes. And so, uh, again, out of the amount of people trying to get on the tour, there's not that many people close to 64. Yeah. That's why, again, uh, the more easily heard argument would be to how, to what affects the fans. <coughs> because... <coughs> Nobody cares about the welfare of 64 guys. No. <laughs> no, nobody cares about the welfare. They just care about the accessibility to watching them play great. There you stuff. go. Which is more of, I still think it's more of a point, but there you are. left you. We're trailing Floyd 3-1. So what happened? Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> I kept my temperament and I didn't give in and decided that Floyd was playing like a superstar and uh, if I kept trying and he eventually gave me a chance then I'd take it and I did. So what was the result? I won 4-3.
fucking right, motherfucker, you one, four, three. I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the answer to the earlier question that I was uh, positing when I did the uh, opening for this show, as I was doing it, Floyd did this uh, move where he, uh, he just kind of took one hand on his cue stick and just kind of shoved the the cue ball in, in into a red and, and didn't make it and I was like what the fuck is what what is that was that some special thing and I asked you and you were like no he, he just did, did that because he, he was thought being he was a gonna... dick he was tuning a lot and he thought that he couldn't lose at that so point. basically it was a dick move yeah but we can say that because uh, Floyd is a nice guy and a ridiculously talented individual and also because you are not necessarily immune to pulling dick moves so yeah. but yeah uh, that's true but he pulled a dick move yeah. and it, it was didn't pay it off and it cost him 56 points there you go i'm very proud of you actually cost him 60 points because it cost him four as well so that shows you the worth of doing dick moves babe Yes. <laughs> so, uh, come back tomorrow. But for now, uh, if you want to uh, contact us to say, well done, Matt, or uh, something you said over the course of the show was brilliant or stupid or just thanks for doing what we do, you can contact us at uh, Bailey on the Bays, all in a word, at gmail.com. Uh, for links and information like that uh, Stephen Hendry uh, BBC segment I told you about earlier that we discussed um, go did to we? Yeah, yes we did trust me oh magic of podcasting oh oh go to the blog which is baileyonthebays.blogspot.com and uh, I think that about catches us up so uh, <sighs> it's been a long day so thank you very much for downloading and listening to this. And uh, I think I need a beer. No kidding. And uh, we'll be back anon. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>